1: Yes. Good
2: question on the
3: Chevron CEO's complaint today. He said that your administration has largely
4: criticized the oil and gas industry and at times vilified it, and that the administration would need to take a change in approach in order to make progress on, on reducing energy prices and to increase supply. Do you have a reaction to that, sir? It's
1: mildly sensitive. I didn't know they get their feelings hurt that quickly. Look, we need more refining capacity. This idea that they don't have oil to drill and to bring up is simply not true. This piece of the Republicans talking about Biden shutdown feels wrong. Nine thousand of them. Okay, so they then we ought to be able to work something out whereby they're able to increase refining capacity and still not give up on transitioning to renewable energy. COVID funding going into the
5: fall. Uh, how much of the supply of vaccines for these small children uh, is there and, and how many of the nation's kids will you be able to get vaccinated before you need more money uh, from Congress?
1: Well, we'll get through at least this year. We, we do need more money, but we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. Thank you. All. Knowing full well the cost. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? I don't believe that. The American people did what they always have done, defend freedom around the world. They chose to stand with the people of Ukraine. We had near unanimous support in the Congress, Democrats, Republicans, and independents for supporting Ukraine, knowing full well the cost so for all those republicans in congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in america are you now saying we were wrong to support ukraine are you saying we were wrong to stand up to putin are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in america and putin's iron fist in europe i don't believe that look i get the easy politics of the attack i get that But the simple truth is gas prices are up almost two dollars a gallon because Vladimir Putin's ruthless attack on Ukraine and we wouldn't let him get away with it.
6: Breaking news tonight, the major move by President Biden to tackle the nationwide baby formula shortage. The president invoking the Defense Production Act, usually reserved for times of war, to boost the country's supply.
0: Baby formula, like many things, has been affected
7: by supply chain issues. The White House now stepping in giving families that rely on government assistance more flexibility to purchase any brands available, taking steps to import more formula, and cracking down on price gouging. We want to
2: begin tonight with some breaking news. The president just announcing new actions to try and ease the
0: pain of the baby formula shortage. It comes as President Biden signed a bill today making it easier for recipients of the federal WIC nutrition program to use their benefits to buy baby formula. The White House invoking the Defense Production Act after supply chain issues.
2: Tonight, President Biden acknowledging he did not know about the formula crisis for two months following the closure of the critical Abbott manufacturing plant in Michigan.
1: I became aware of this problem sometime in, after April, in, in early April about how intense it was.
8: But moments earlier in his meeting with top manufacturers.
9: We knew from the very beginning this would be a very serious event. We, could foresee that this was going to create a tremendous shortage.
4: did the CEOs just tell you that they understood it would have a very big impact?
6: And the president yesterday was talking about this transition to um, greener energy someday. A lot of people can't afford a
10: $60,000 electric car. And they also are having a hard time affording gas right now. That sounds like a painful transition. So how much of that kind of pain, is the president okay with?
0: No, that transition. We are in a transition to to clean energy. That is something that uh, that is important. Uh, it is going to create jobs when you think about electric vehicles. Uh, it is going to give uh, give families some some tax credits. It's going to be uh, really important right to now, have.
6: Can afford an electric car? The average price is sixty one thousand dollars.
0: Well, we're going to continue uh, to move forward with what I, we have I put forward it, the bi- the that, bipartisan the infrastructure
6: gallon gas for a sixty-one thousand dollar car. That is not. Car. First of
0: all, you're you're. That's apples and oranges. Is not the same. What we're trying to do right now is to deal with an acute problem right now which is why the president, again, asked for uh, a 90-day uh, suspension of the gas tax, the gas tax holiday. It is going to make a difference. Peter, we're talking about 18 cents on the federal on the federal level. We're talking about an average of 30 cents uh, on the state level. And if the oil refinery do, does their job, if they do what we are asking them to do, which is put their profits back in so that gas prices can go down, that's almost a dollar per gallon. That matters. That matters. that matters to teachers, that matters to home health care aides, that matters to construction workers, that matters to plumbers, that matters to lifeguards. Those are the people that, and many others, uh, who are going to feel this in a way that will give them relief at the pump. Uh, dealing with what the Americans are, are facing at the pump, which is high high, high, uh, high prices due to inflation, due to uh, the part of it is the pandemic. Part of it is uh, Putin's war uh, on Ukraine and the Putin's uh, tax hike. So he- The fact is still that on january seventeenth gas prices were not high by historical standards they were
5: below what real gas price levels are over the previous decade so when you talk
11: about the run-up in uh, uh, gas I don't think there should be any controversy anywhere partisan that that is due to Putin's invasion and our response to it
7: okay let let let's talk I mean they were though they did go higher since the inauguration based on a number of choices that were made to end leases to end pipelines that is in the beginning those prices did start to increase at that point it's just disagree I
12: know that we're having a debate right now about the gas tax holiday I know how brutal this is on folks right now and I know they need relief, which is why I've offered a middle-class tax cut for every American, $1,000 for working families so that they can deal not only with rising gas prices but rising health care costs and rising grocery costs. But for us to suggest that 30 cents a day for three months is real relief, that that's a real energy policy means that we are not tackling the problem that has to be tackled we are offering gimmicks when we're offering the same thing that john mccain's offering on the cheap that means we're not presenting a truthful response to the challenges that we face in america we can do better than that this time and welcome
13: back to flower politic podcast it is the 25th of june year of our lord 2022 and wow, I was just very prescient. I gave you some homework on abortion. That's why I tucked the commander in chief moment in front just to get it out of the way. And right off the bat,
14: Booyah!
13: So Roe v. Wade is, bye bye. Roe v. Wade is bye bye. I had sound bites already prepared, so we're going to play that quickly. And then I'm just going to play a very short sound bite of the media losing their ever loving fucking mind because now the right to kill babies was taken
15: from the left. Since the May 2nd leak of the Supreme Court's draft abortion decision, pro abortion radicals have gone on a massive spree of political violence and property destruction. Let's quickly go through all of the attacks on pregnancy centers that have taken place in the last two months. May 3rd, the CareNet Pregnancy Center in Frederick, Maryland is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. The message reads, if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. May 5th, the Pregnancy Resource Center in Portland, Oregon is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and its windows and interior are busted up. May 7th, Laredo House in Denton, Texas is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threatened. May 8th, Wisconsin Family Action in Madison, Wisconsin is firebombed with Molotov cocktails. A written threat is left behind by an antifacel calling itself Jane's Revenge. The same day, the Keezer, Oregon, Right to Life office is also attacked. Windows are partially smashed and the exterior of the building is firebombed. May 13th. The Alpha Pregnancy Center in Reistertown, Maryland is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. Jane's Revenge takes credit. May 14th. Birthright Center in Frederick, Maryland is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. Jane's Revenge takes credit. May 27th. The Dove Medical Pregnancy Center in Eugene, Oregon is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. Jane's Revenge takes credit. Are you starting to notice a pattern here? May 28th. The Respect Life office in Hollywood, Florida is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. Jane's Revenge takes credit. June 2nd. Community Pregnancy Center in Anchorage, Alaska is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats. Windows are smashed up. The little Bolsheviks even lodged a bunch of nails upright between the cracks in the pavement in the parking lot. June 3rd. The Capitol Hill Pregnancy Center in Washington, D.C. gets vandalized and threatened. Red paint is dumped all over the front door. Jane's Revenge takes credit. June 7th. Mountain Area Pregnancy Services in Asheville, North Carolina is vandalized and threatened. Windows are smashed up. Jane's Revenge takes credit same day the compass care pregnancy resource center in buffalo new york is firebombed jane's revenge takes credit and vows more attacks are coming june 9th options 360 women's clinic in vancouver washington is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threats red paint is dumped all over the door jane's revenge takes credit June 11th, after the address of the Gresham, Oregon Pregnancy Resource Center was shared online by Antifa Blogs, the building is destroyed by a fire which authorities say was likely caused by explosives. June 15th, the Minnesota Citizens Concerned for Life office in Minneapolis is vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and has its windows broken. Jane's Revenge takes credit in a post. Those are just the pregnancy centers, by the way. Now let's give a shout out to the churches that have been vandalized with pro-abortion graffiti and threatened since May 2nd. May 3rd, Sacred Heart of Mary in Boulder, Colorado also had its windows smashed. May 4th, St. Andrew Castle Church in Eagle River, Arkansas. They did the thing with the nails in the parking lot, too. May 5th, St. Joseph's Church and Academy in Armada, Michigan. May 7th, St. John the 23rd Catholic Church in Fort Collins, Colorado also had its windows smashed. May 8th, Holy Rosary Church in Houston, Texas. May 23rd, the Mount Avery Missionary Baptist Church in Columbus, Mississippi. Four churches in Olympia, Washington get hit the same day. Jane's Revenge publicly takes credit for all of them. On June 15th, Jane's Revenge announced that their 30 days of mercy had expired, and they vowed to ramp up their attacks. We're quoting now. We promise to take increasingly drastic measures against oppressive infrastructures. Rest assured that we will. And those measures may not come in the form of something so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti. Does this sound like a national terror plot to you? Because it doesn't to the media. Here's all the coverage they've given this massive wave of targeted political violence. Broadcast networks first. The only attack that any of them have mentioned was the May 8th firebombing of the Wisconsin Family Action Center, and none of them even gave that a full minute of coverage. ABC talked about it for 20 seconds on May 8th, and that's it. CBS talked about it the evening of May 8th and May 9th for a total of 18 seconds across both nights combined. NBC mentioned it three times, the evening of May 8th and the morning and evening of May 9th, totaling 39 seconds. None of them mentioned Jane's revenge. Now for cable. Like the broadcast networks, MSNBC only talked about the Wisconsin firebombing. It was mentioned on four separate daytime shows on May 9th for a total of 2 minutes and 23 seconds. Also, no mention of Jane's Revenge. CNN covered the Wisconsin firebombing and the June 3rd firebombing in Buffalo. They spent a total of 6 minutes and 27 seconds on the topic. Randy Kay's report on the Buffalo, New York attack did mention Jane's Revenge. She speculated no less than four times that the group might not even exist, and repeatedly questioned the facility's CEO why he would do something irrational, like blaming the attack on the people who were bragging online about doing the attack.
16: What makes you think it was this group, Jane's Revenge, that attacked her facility? Do you have
15: any proof from law
4: enforcement that- In
11: Oklahoma, it has been two months since the Republican governor signed into law one of the strictest bans on abortion in the United States. CNN's Lucy Kafanov visited Oklahoma and spoke to one woman who was forced to travel out of state alone to get the medical care that she needed
2: joy and eager anticipation as one oklahoma family prepared to welcome its newest
3: member into the world you're safe to share your news, you get excited, we had the nursery, like, getting started.
2: What should have been a
3: happy time
2: for Lori Brown Loftus soon turned to crushing devastation. An ultrasound
3: revealed a rare genetic disorder. The doctor kind of explained that this disorder is not compatible with life. It was a little girl um, that, you know, she would not be viable. Um, that most children either die during childbirth or shortly after. With
2: no chance of the baby surviving outside the womb, Lori made the painful choice to
3: have an abortion. That is one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to do, it was the hardest decision. Had I been forced to carry that pregnancy, knowing that I would not get to bring that child home, would have caused so much trauma. This was not a decision you took lightly. I didn't make that decision lightly or easily.
2: At 23 weeks pregnant, Lori was forced to travel out of state for the three-day invasive procedure at significant financial and emotional cost. You're gonna pay with Hellfire. Visibly pregnant, she describes being harassed by protesters.
3: Just the assumption that I didn't want my baby, you know, I think that was probably the hardest part. This was a wanted child. Yeah, absolutely. This
2: was in January, when Oklahoma had allowed abortions up to 20 weeks of pregnancy. Today, the state has one of the most far-reaching abortion bans in the nation, prohibiting the procedure at moment of fertilization, with very narrow exceptions.
9: I don't know how much clearer we can be we don't believe in abortion in Oklahoma. We don't want it in our state.
17: That puts us in a very dangerous position here in Oklahoma. Can,
11: can I just, uh, just yeah, sure. ex- uh, talk a little bit about where this is heading? Because there, again, this is no secret. It's basically um, the conservative movement in this country is moving towards uh, or, or is advocating a complete voucher system for yeah, yeah. public education in this country, mm-hmm. which is every, every student yeah. in, in, uh, I- in America would get a certain amount of money. And you could use that money to go to a public school or you could use that money to go to a parochial school. And there there would be essentially um, 100% funding of, of parochial schools. That would be, many public school advocates say, a death sentence. To public schools in this country, because they would lose, uh, they would lose a lot of the financial support they have now. But that's the bigger issue on the horizon, and that's closer as a result of the decision today. It's a big point. It's a big point. It's a major
18: potential.
6: She is with the crowds gathered outside the court. Maura.
17: Lester, tension has been building here between protesters who are both for and against abortion rights this morning. I want to bring you into the crowd with me. As you can see, members who are against the right to an abortion—they were just kneeling down, praying. You can see women crying, tears of joy. They said that this is a huge relief and a huge step forward for what they call the right to human life. Uh, I want to also note—we saw uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene also walk into the crowd just over my shoulder, uh, just. Over here she was also praying with protesters celebrating the decision and though I do want to paint a picture just before the decision came down there was a police presence here they had established a police line between both groups of protesters and then about five to ten minutes before we expected uh, the next uh, decision to be released the police left the area and so prior to that we did see about an even divide of both protesters who are for and against the right to an abortion almost to the the um, context in which NBC polling showed that Americans support the legalization of uh, or, or support abortion rights that are against it. And so even though this is a smaller group, a smaller representation of Americans, uh, it was an interesting picture to be painted. But uh, because of the lack of police presence here, it has become a very uh, chaotic situation. But right after the, the decision came down, we did see this group. of Senator Tina Smith,
19: I
9: interrupt down. you with breaking news. Pete Williams on the Supreme PC. Court. in in which the
10: abortion right was made nationwide. Those two rulings stood for the proposition that states could not ban abortion before the age of viability. They could restrict it during that period up to about 23 weeks, but they couldn't ban it. Now the Supreme Court has taken that guarantee away. Lester, this is the first time the Supreme Court has ever granted a constitutional right, which it did so when Roe was decided in 1973, and then took it away. So Nora, what we need to know is and observe is this landmark opinion, which many Americans, millions of them will view as a retrenchment of an expected and understood right to access to abortion, has been delivered from within, as you just said, a fortress.
3: There
7: is so much to talk about. We are going to get through not only the legal impact, the political impact, the economic impact. Let's bring in Kelly Robinson. She is the executive director of the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. Kelly.
20: What does this ruling mean? And this decision is really seen as devastating to so many women across this country by from four people who are, of course, advocates of abortion rights. I also sat down with Shannon Brewer, who is the director of the Women's Health Organization in Mississippi. That's the clinic that is at the center of this decision. She told me that she believes women's lives are going to be put at risk now because they're going to be forced into unsafe abortions or they're going to be forced to have children um, that they do not want to have and that they have not.
13: It's all lies. You, you'll hear so many lies for the next week. It's not it's not the first time they are taken away a right. This isn't going to break up interracial marriage or gay marriage. The, the Thomas, uh, if you want a full breakdown of the legalese of this whole thing, Ben Shapiro did a two-hour show yesterday. I just listened to it on my four-mile walk. I'm up to four miles now. It still doesn't get me through the afternoon when I still want to puke, but it. it It isn't changing shit. Let's put it back to the states. That's all it did. Blue states will kill their kids till their fucking college. Some red states have triggers. I'm proud to say I'm in one of them where they could ban abortion. And that's fine. Go to Georgia. We learned during the Trump administration. uh, Because I'm about to, before we get into stories, I want to play the violence. There was already violence. There's already protests everywhere there's fucking maxine water pelosi aoc calling for violence somebody will die as we started the beginning of this you you saw all the damage there's been 60 pregnancy centers hit or pro-life institution and churches nothing's happened from the doj the doj actually wrote a, a dissent the attorney general This didn't change anything, but it's once again, a moment in time that you can encapsulate the who who the real fascists are, they're liberals. They want to impose their life style on you. And I don't know how many people have already attacked me. You and your fucking religion. I I never tweeted or talked about religion. My decision on abortion wasn't about religion. Those are my personally held beliefs. My decision were on the fact that science has changed and that 22 weeks babies live. Planned Parenthood does full-term abortions. We wrote full-term abortion laws in. I mean, do you remember this?
0: No exception. There was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions, as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and and explain her answer.
21: Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I will tell you one uh, first thing I would say. This is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that that are involved. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done. Uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way, um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the, the mothers and their providers. And, and this is why Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body.
0: And do you think multiple physicians should have to weigh in as is currently required? She's trying to lift that requirement.
21: Well, I think it's always good to get uh, a second opinion and for, for at least two providers to be involved.
13: This is why we're here. There's a lefty somewhere in here, I don't know if I got it, but it's a left lady and she literally states, She's a representative, uh, she's the left's representative for um, pro-life, which I didn't even know that existed because they they don't believe in pro-life. And she literally says, if you didn't push for this, if you didn't go for live birth abortions, we wouldn't be here, but you did. So, I have some egregious I'm going to play, but I want to start with what just the beginning of the protesting. We're gonna we're gonna start with the politician, excuse me, and then the beginning of the protesting, because I didn't get anything from today to show. But within here is just um, AOC, uh, a Twitter, a TikTok person, Chuck Todd. Waters, once again, go and beat motherfuckers up. And and that was just last night.
22: There's no point in saying good morning because it certainly is not one. This morning, the radical Supreme Court is eviscerating Americans' rights and endangering their health and safety. But the Congress will continue to act uh, to overcome this extremism and, pr- extremism and protect the American people. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away women's right to make their own dis- reproductive health decisions. Because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the Republican Party, their supermajority in the Supreme Court, American women today have less freedom than their mothers with Roe, and their attempt to destroy it. Radical Republicans are charging ahead with their crusade to criminalize health freedom in the Congress. Be aware of this. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that. But that's their goal. And if you read, and again, we're all studying all this, but if you read what is in the very clear, one of the justices had his own statement. It's about contraception, in vitro fertilization, family planning, that is all what will spring from their decision that they made today. It's such a contradiction. Yesterday, they say the states <clears throat> cannot make laws governing the constitutional right to bear arms. And today, they're saying the exact reverse, that the states can overturn a constitutional right for 50 years, a constitutional right for a woman having the right to choose. The hypocrisy is raging. But the harm is endless.
14: In the gentleman, this decision Hill and Gentlemen. End of the streets. End of those streets. In the streets. In the those streets. End the streets. In of those streets. the streets. In 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 the street, in the street, rise up for abortion rights. 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 Rise up for abortion rights.
0: You guys
14: are fucking employers. I'm actually here for the protest. You guys are fucking reporters, I'm actually here for the protest. We won't go back. We
23: trust women, we won't go back. We trust women, we won't go back. All the human rights are gonna start falling down. All right, LGBTQ. community we're next on the chopping block and birth control and possibly interracial marriage so pretty much we're going the only thing that's gonna have rights in this country is white men and guns
3: this is about the woman who tried to have a baby so bad and ended up having a miscarriage who now has to go stand on trial if we don't stand up now and do something about this, The Handmaid's Tale is going to be more than just a show. And I am sick. I, How do I look at my daughters and tell them that they're growing up in an amazing place when they're not?
7: I love to travel and spend money. Like, I love to spend money. But if you are a red state and you have anti-abortion laws, not only will I not visit your state, uh, uh, and not spend my money there, but I will also not be sending my children there to college and they will not be spending any money there either.
8: I think that if you can leave the country, you should, I think if you're of childbearing age and you can leave the country, you should, if you can't, we need to rise up. We need to fight.
3: Okay. Well, it's going to be a summer of protesting again. How are we still living in this how how have we not completely dismantled the government how why why are we all just sitting here letting this happen i am shaking right now because of how mad i am how far women have fought how far everybody has fought for freedom and our freedoms are being stripped from us one by one by
23: you say this seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own lives. Thank you. Hello, everybody.
14: Hello, young girls.
23: We're fighting for you.
13: That this women are not fighting alone there are men who
21: have wives and daughters there are men who respect women and there will be men in this fight with women this is not over it's just the genesis of a new beginning
14: don't forget to be
23: attend go ahead, ahead brendan i'm
9: sorry um thank you thank you ladies i am
6: absolutely furious right now over this overturning of Roe
9: Wade. um i i'm jewish i'm non-binary and in the jewish religion abortion is a sacred right and i can't believe clarence thomas would stab us in the back Mm -hmm. After all we did to help the black community, Clarence Thomas is a nigger, and you better recognize what the Jews have done to help you guys. You want to take away our religious rights?
24: Oh,
3: yeah, we gonna get rid of you. You.
24: Remember, you could argue that two of the three appointees that Donald Trump had were sort of um, done out of bounds. Right. The first one was a vacancy that occurred basically with nearly a year left on Barack Obama's term. And then, you know, whatever precedent Mitch McConnell came up with to, to somehow say that that couldn't be filled until after the presidential election. He didn't believe it when the when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, essentially a month before uh, the 2020 election. So you had this so the you know, I think there's a lot of folks who feel as if Gorsuch and Barrett, two of the of the five Uh, on this, on this opinion, we're we're sort of there unfairly or sort of out of bounds. The
13: end of democracy, he says. The racial tones get in their face. It's a tinderbox. Why? Because your people are violent. Is that why it's a tinderbox? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend because I don't understand how it's a tinderbox I mean they were even CNN and I couldn't find the soundbite which really really pissed me off had well it could be a right wing extremist come here and shoot them that's what they were saying yesterday because the pro-life people left but this is how many babies have been killed since Roe v. Wade a whole cloth made up there is no there's nothing in the constitution about killing a baby, just killing a baby, is not in the Constitution. Let me see if I can crank this up a little bit. Oh, that's the wrong one. There we go. Let's get a little more volume on this because I actually listened yesterday and it was a little, little low. Probably should have done that before I started podcasting, but you know, deal. And this is now. This was yesterday. I pulled this up and and look at that. 16 weeks, 20. United States, 426,000. By Planned Parenthood, the 70s, 9 million fucking babies. And I think that's what, you know, me and the wife were talking yesterday. That's part of the problem. Now they lose their money because that money will go to local because locals where you're going to fight this, where it should be. AP warns of violence against abortion providers, buries violence against pro-lifers. Once again, 60. We're not covering that. I'm not going to read the, the takes, but I'll read this. This is the woman that made me pro-life. You brought it on yourself. Jessica Valentine Nothing quite like sitting in front of a laptop waiting to see the highest court in the country deems you a person or not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There there is no persons There's no gender. Nate Silver, it's true in many aspects of life that having a longer time horizon is rewarding, but it's easy to forget the politics, especially in a social media area, where you can get algorithmic reward and instant gratification. If you're progressive concerned about conservative judicial overreach, then frankly, A, it's probably just getting started. B, there's not a lot you can do about it in the short term other than win elections. So maybe it's time to expand the time horizon for 5, 10, 15 years. This is, you know, this, once again... You didn't follow federal law under Trump, and you had sanctuary states. So even if, and the big fear now by the media, is that Republicans are going to go ban abortion, you won't follow it, so what? DOJ only does liberal laws. S.E. Cup, I wrote about this, and I saw a definite distinction other than one person, David French, whom Molly Henry brought out. They were all... Pro-choice because of Trump. They used to be pro-life people. But they've eaten like buckets of blue pills. And so they don't stand by it anymore. Um, Barack Obama ran his cock trap. And, and here's the reason. He had a super majority. They could have codified Roe. Which is what they were saying they were trying to do with live birth abortion. They didn't. They did the ACA. That's what they spent their two years of supermajority on. They didn't care about this issue. Because once again, it's a money laundering scheme. They needed this issue to get people to fucking donate to the dumbass because they could scare. Once again, liberals scare people to to vote. I'm not saying the right doesn't, but the left is all about they're going to put you in chains, our vice president once said as a vice president or our president said as once as a vice president. They're going to take away gay marriage is what they're doing now. They're going to take away interracial marriage. They're going to take away contraceptions. They're going to take away integration. That's all they do to get you to vote. They don't have any plans. What was their plan? Not Trump. That was his whole platform. So day one, he ruined the fucking fossil fuel industry. He did... Open the border, so they, they, they thought at the time that would give them a fresh amount of replacement voters, and now it's starting to look like Latinos are normal people. Ooh, you racist liberals. I could have told you that. Gas is expansion, expensive, even if you suck dick. It's still expensive, and it's still going to piss you off. So all these little conglomerates of little groups you go after, they're just as pissed. Here's a David French. It's a great day for American justice. A grievous wrong has been corrected. The man that brought you that was Donald Trump. You said he was a piece of shit, and you worked against all his SCOTUS nominations, by the way. They're doing this a lot. The current scores majority as an extreme degree of illegitimately when you consider how it came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is hard to do in this special thing. I probably should have thought that through before I did it. Um, other articles before we get to Shapiro. Yes, she should dance on the grave of Roe v. Wade. I'm happy for it. The DOJ has now released a long Merrick Garland dissent. Anyone who believes that institutional trust is under threat should take note that the DOJ is now a political tool. And it's true. Disney hopped right out. I don't think I have pictures for that. I was going to leave that up. They're going to pay people to go to states so they can get it because they're in Florida. A lot of companies did that. We're going to pay for you. So are you going to pay for me to get my hair plugs? You're going to pay for me to get calf implants? That's an elective surgery. That's all abortion is. It's an elective surgery. The life of the mother bullshit isn't going to be affected by this. If the mother's going to die, they're going to take the baby Medically. Rape and incest isn't an issue on this. Once again, if you got raped or incest, you're going to make that decision before 12 weeks or 15 weeks. AP hot abortion take and bold and right-wingers versus pro-abortion majority. That's never been true. The question always was, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade, for everybody, including the punditry and politicians, always said it would never be overturned. That's what they said. So nobody ever answered I never answered it correctly because I always thought it wasn't going to be overturned. Jennifer Rubin. I don't have these up here, but they're really good. A state can now execute a woman for refusing to submit to forced birth, even if the abortion is within hours of conception. Barbarism. That just goes down as the most batshit crazy thing I've I've ever seen. What are you talking about? Execute, what, what are you talking about? There's no laws to execute the mother. All the laws that have been done have been the provider, not the woman. And then we have CNN. And I know it's a lot of sound bites, but this shit's just, I mean, they're once again showing their evil. Here's a couple that just talk about Down syndrome. Kill those defective babies. Fuck
15: you, asshole.
9: You asshole. This is why we can't have nice things. You
14: asshole! Are you just an asshole? Is that it? Fuck
9: you, you asshole! You ever hear the saying, you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole? You run into assholes all day, you're the asshole.
12: Fuck you, asshole. You!
14: You are such an asshole! You are an asshole. You dumb asshole! Asshole. Fucking asshole!
25: Away from me, you asshole
16: travel to another state.
26: Uh, think about also the partners of these women. If, if they're not together, if they're not living in the same household, now does a man have to start sort of paying child support uh, earlier than they would uh, at, at this point, as the woman is pregnant? Do they have to uh, pay child support? I mean, there are all sorts of uh, questions that this opens up for women and families uh, all across this country. It's a new reality for so many The mother before, okay. during and after yep. the child.
8: I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old. And I know what that means financially, emotionally, physically for a family. And I know not all families can do it. And I have a step-granddaughter who was born with a Down syndrome. And you know what? It is very difficult in Florida to get services. It is not as easy as it sounds on paper. And I've got another another step-grandson who is uh, very autistic, who has autism, and it is incredible, and, and their mothers and, and people who are in that society, who are in that community, will tell you that they've considered suicide because that's how difficult it is to get help because that's how lonely they could go. When this draft legal opinion came down, people thought the writing was on the wall, and here it is clear as day. It's going to be legal chaos. You're going to have interstate battles about how you're going to enforce these laws, let alone the very obvious notion that as the majority opinion stated, that apparently stare decisis is not a straitjacket. That's a quote from the majority opinion the notion here instead, that you're not held to these notions because you ha- you had the opportunity to diverge from them. Now, it's true, over the course of history, there have been opinions that have been overturned. Plessy versus Ferguson, for example. There have been wrongly decided decisions, and the court should be able to be nimble to do so. But the basis and foundationally for why they did so here is not as clear at all. And why? Well, there are 50 years, 50 years worth where people, that means me, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother generation, all able to have a right where we woke up this morning having and no longer have because the Supreme Court has decided there is no real right for women to have those choices at the moment of contraception.
18: Stand by, Jeffrey. Uh, We do have breaking news just into CNN.
8: Give me just a moment of
3: personal
27: here. Sorry, I'm getting, you know, watching the women there. It's emotional,
5: you know. This is as devastating a ruling as can be imagined.
7: It's a very dark day in America. You cannot overstate this. I'm not sure we all fully appreciated how devastating it would feel to see the words on the paper condemning women to second-class citizenship.
24: I think there's a lot of folks who feel as if gorsuch and barrett two of the of the five uh on this on this opinion were are sort of there unfairly or sort of out of bounds this is a court uh, not of judges but of politicians in judges robes that is the danger that justice stephen breyer is alerting the country to. there are no more black robes i think the robes are red and blue
7: i don't think the country benefits from a future that involves a highly politicized supreme court
24: there really is a, a lot of people who believe This is a rigged court. He's lost control of this court, but it is
19: significant that a justice as conservative as John Roberts is looks at what his conservative colleagues did and says that that's judicial activism.
28: Young women
27: who grow up in a state like mine are gonna say, if you can't recognize my right of privacy, I'm not gonna live in your state. We are looking at a sort of a constitutional,
8: legal, I I don't wanna use the word civil war.
11: This is going to be A legal civil war.
8: It's going to be legal chaos.
11: We're sort of entering the
6: legal wild west here. We're going to have two Americas. We're
18: going to have one America where abortion is still available, at least to some point within a pregnancy, and one America where it's not.
6: Can we? That
13: last one literally shows them getting emotional because babies won't die.
24: Babies. Won't die.
13: and and just outright lies it's all lies this didn't affect anything blue states will still have abortion until contraception or till fucking college red states will not women can go across states and get Abortions. Nobody's gonna chase them down. Katie Tur are not playing it. We need to you need to push your people to fucking defy the Supreme Court. How it was a California lieutenant governor. And to show you how fucking horrible they are, I, I gotta get these up. These these ones were last minutes and what the fuck? This is the left. This is who they are. Every member of the Supreme Court who just allowed roadway to be overturned should be pulled out of their chambers and shot in the fucking street. This isn't a proverbially gun the motherfuckers down. They failed us. They failed every woman we know. Burn them in their fucking homes. This is one of hundreds. I mean, there's this isn't a one off. And this is the one I was talking about. Abortion activists' response for Roe being overturned. They overstepped by celebrating abortion and advocating for it up to nine months. The Democrat Party embraced these extremists, leading to Republican majorities all over the country. Dems now need to embrace pregnancy support and real choices for women, addressing the high abortion rates in some states, California, New York, and New Jersey, and addressing the lack of support in southern states for pregnant women. Continuing to fight for abortion extremism will be deadly for the party. She's a hundred and a million percent true. Because the left is so entrenched. This was fucking ESPN yesterday.
3: Yesterday, the sports world celebrated
8: the 50th anniversary of Title IX, which bans discrimination based on gender and education, including sports. But today, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade declaring that the constitutional right to abortion upheld for nearly a half century no longer exists in less than 24 hours. We celebrated equal rights for women. And now we react to women's reproductive rights being taken away.
13: ESPN. And this is the key takeaway. It's the left safe. Legal infrequent. That used to be what the left stood for. Now, the left, in all their wisdom, has gone full-fledged genocide of babies to include life, birth, and abortion. No restrictions. Federally funded abortions, because they've done it. they've done it. We're paying for morning after pills. Listen, I was pro-choice. My mother, my sister, my wife, all were pro-life. They never were for abortion. And I never would ask somebody to have an abortion. I I believed... At conception, it was a human life. But it was really none of my fucking business, and I didn't fucking care. So I go my whole life like that. And then 2016 happens. And during the 2016 election, anybody who's with the show a long time, I write that down, that I'm pro-choice minus, but I think Hillary Clinton's going too far with this Hyde Amendment repeal. Because Gallup, blah, 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 Americans aren't for this. That's not what we believe in. Well, I was attacked by her bot barns. She had like people over the internet trying to own it and destroy you. And these women, if I could have tweeted about at the time, you know, I was tweeting probably more than I was now. And I'd be tweeting about football and they come and attack me that I'm a man and fuck your religion And you started seeing all this just seriously in your fucking face push to kill motherfucking babies. And then for the show, I started the PPFA review. And I started learning that we gave them $650 million, that they did use it for morning after pills because Obama made it legal. I went through all this and I was just shocked that a baby, because once again, when I got a sonogram for my kids, there was no 3D shit. You didn't have that. They were living. They were putting girls in stirrups and saying, well, it's longer than we thought, so you owe us some more money. Can your, can your boyfriend give it to us? But they didn't do prenatal. Then I started watching their documentaries. And it was always a woman going back for her sixth or seventh abortion. It, they used it as birth control. Then I became pro-life. It'll never be outlawed in this country. There'll always be states, even if they do outlaw it. The left doesn't follow the law. The DOJ doesn't prosecute people not following the law for liberal reasons. They will get away with it. And they will continue to kill babies. But this is a tipping point where finally a court read the Constitution We're going to go into our gun, and that's how the liberals are equating these two. Guns are in the Constitution, it's the Second Amendment. Nobody ever dreamed of abortion being a thing that was so morally accepted in our culture. And we've made a lot of laws that way gay marriage. A state's right issue was made up. Affordable Care Act. It's not a tax, but it's tax. Because the court didn't go with the law. This is the law. These kind of issues are handled at the local level. Because unbeknownst to liberals who only see the world through this, Every part of this country is different. It's what makes it so fucking amazing. The morals, the values, what people believe, the religion, the lack thereof of religion. That's why we all live in certain areas. And yes, there's times you can't move because, you know, like I couldn't move if I wanted to. I don't have the money for that. But we all live in areas with common views of the world And there'll always be parts of this country that believe killing a baby is the passage to womanhood. It makes you a real woman. So this didn't change that. It wasn't based on religion. It was based on the law. Nowhere in the Constitution do you have the right to kill somebody else. That's the difference between all these. Liberty, privacy, all the shit they fucking talk about as they pass these liberal decrees from the bench, which is illegal because that's not how our government was ever set up. Ever. It doesn't apply to killing another person. Does it apply to gay marriage? Sure. Interracial marriage? Sure. It didn't apply to contraception. But it won't be overturned. But if they applied things just on the law... A lot of these big, push-down-your-throat, liberal fucking norms wouldn't exist nationally because they're not rights. We do have the right to bear arms. Before I get there, this is what it's all about. We elected a person that has to be told what to do. He is not in charge. They rigged an election with 80 voting laws, uh, overbearing media, social media censorship for a guy that has to be told to sit down. I just want everybody to remember that. We spent four years that a president was psychotic. They brought on fucking psychiatrists. He's mentally disturbed. This guy has to have a cue card to walk in a room. So here is our original media jerk off of the week.
25: I love this? The media joke of the week.
16: And that is notable. I, I
27: do want to ask you, though, because you are in a unique position, given all of the gun violence that you have to deal with um, coming out of your city. Just tell me the impact of having more guns on the street. What do, what do the rest of us need to know?
28: It's it's devastating. I mean, it's just fundamentally devastating. I have made so many calls to moms and dads and relatives who have lost um, loved ones because of gun violence. And, and increasingly what we're seeing, it's not quote-unquote gang-related, it's petty disputes that in other times without a gun, maybe would end up in some hurt feelings, maybe a bloody nose, but certainly not death. And making those calls, there's no words of condolence that I can bring to a parent who has lost a child to gun violence. It is a devastating, deep blow to them. The proliferation of illegal guns is a challenge of our time, and we have got to rise up as a country and recognize the the devastating, lifelong impact that it has on victims. And I'm glad you asked the questions because I think too many times in these conversations the victims and survivors are second thought, not in my city. They have bonded together. The grace that they show and purpose over pain that they um, engage in is incredible but it is devastating to them and we can never lose sight of the victims and the survivors.
8: A lot of law enforcement Uh, officers when they're retired they continue to carry because it's become so so such a part of their body they're trained with it Mm -hmm. I dated a detective that carried everywhere we went but he was highly trained with that weapon Mm -hmm. and I felt better knowing people like him had them this is scary because in addition to a lot of guns people will say well now I'm able to protect myself and a good guy with a gun and all the different sayings the problem here is so many people get hit by these guns when you read the news headlines every day of children crossing the street people that were doing nothing because everyone decided to be a good guy with a gun yeah. And, and shoot and in a populous place like New York City mm-hmm. with so many people already so many illegal guns now giving people a pass to take that upon themselves It's a really scary prospect to walk out with I, these- I, I-
0: And I'm sorry this dark day has come They were supposed to go back to what was in place Since 1788 when the Constitution of the United States of America was ratified and I would like to point out to the Supreme Court justices that the only weapons at the time were muskets. I'm prepared to go back to muskets. I don't think they envision the high capacity assault weapon magazines intended for battlefields as being covered. But I guess we're just going to have to disagree.
18: Yeah, the New York Mayor Eric Adams just days ago said the, the effect, the negative effect he believed this would have on, on policing crime in New York. Jeffrey Tubman, this was a law that stood for more than a century passed supreme court muster for more than a century what does this mean for other gun safety laws around the country whether they relate to concealed weapons or other restrictions on guns
11: you know w- one useful way of thinking about the way the court is approaching the um... the, the second amendment mm-hmm. is to think about the first amendment you know we know that in the united states uh, you have the right under the First Amendment to say pretty much anything, anywhere, because we have freedom of speech in the United States. What the conservatives on the Supreme Court are saying is we want the Second Amendment to be a first class right like the First Amendment. And we want to be able to carry guns anywhere, anytime, without any sort of regulation by the government, without background checks without restrictions on where you can take a weapon, without restrictions on how you can carry a weapon. Now, they haven't gone that far yet, but um, they are clearly moving in that direction. And, you know, we can't separate this issue from what's going on in the world where um you know we have a tremendous problem with gun violence in this country we have mass shootings we have 18 year olds with accesses access to ar ar 14 15s and um the supreme court is moving in the direction of saying the government cannot regulate that traffic at all
7: instead states now have to offer a his- historic analysis. Uh, And I think that that is going to be challenging. And I think that it is inevitable to say that the consequences of this opinion are that across the board, by and large, it is going to be more difficult to regulate in the space of gun rights. Not impossible. Everyone agrees there could be some regulations. And we've heard from everybody else about some of the places where that might happen, like in sensitive places, or the identity of a person who is getting a gun, but overall, it will be harder. And if it's harder to regulate, that means more guns. And I will tell you as a prosecutor, that means to me, more violence.
29: But the end result here, and the irony here, is that the very people in the state of New York who say, I I have a threat against me, or I'm a small business owner, and I carry a lot of cash. Those people may ultimately be more excuse me be less safe today because there's going to be more guns on the street and it it also strikes me that the supreme court i've not read through this entire opinion but we're all focused on the phrase bear arms which surprises no one that you should be able constitutionally to bear arms in some regulated manner but rather the part about to establish a well-regulated militia right so we we have a militia it's called the national guard and there's nothing about our gun problem today that is well-regulated. And I I think today makes the issue less regulated than ever. And this issue of sensitive circumstances, you can see this litigated well into the future.
16: We just got a statement, David, from March for Our Lives, and the very first
0: sentence of it says this, young people will die as a result of the court's decision.
30: Do you believe that?
11: Yes, I, I, I do believe that that's
15: true. The unfortunate reality is here that this is the product uh, again of a 50 plus year chess game that conservatives and especially the gun industry has been playing through the organizations like the federal society the Heritage Foundation, and a well-orchestrated effort um, where essentially conservatives have been investing with time in the market.
20: So now we, of course, have the Supreme Court weighing in on the biggest Second Amendment case in more than a decade. Um, It really does show that, of course, the Supreme Court is taking a stand on this issue, but also that Americans might be now even more out of step with the justice's decision in this case.
6: Well, David, DOJ will be watching this decision very closely, as is law enforcement leaders across the country. And the issue is timing, David. Uh, Since 2019, we've seen a 30% increase in homicides, many of them by firearm. We've seen a 60% uh, surge in mass shootings that we've talked about over and over on the air. So the question is, will it much more easy for people to have weapons in public, concealed weapons? And will that lead to more shootings and more accidents and different kinds of things? That's the thing law enforcement has been concerned about uh, regarding these types of cases. And David, I can tell you that law enforcement believes that we're...
13: I'm going to start this segment with this right here. L.A. District Attorney George Gaston doubled down, says the outcome of a cop killer, Justice Flores, gun case was appropriate and the possession of a gun is not a violent crime. What is what does that say? So we're not going to enforce the laws that we're going to have, but we're going to make a new one. White House denies claim from gun groups that ammo ban is under consideration. They are working on it. They're trying to not sell ammo for 556 because they know they can't ban it. Philadelphia police are investigating after a woman was poorly set on fire in Kingston's section. This is the left. They don't see it as a problem if their people have it. The left. Oh, my God, the Supreme Court is not going to protect our constitutional rights to abortion, which appears nowhere in the Constitution. Also left. Oh, my God, the Supreme Court is saying there's constitutional right to keep bare arms. Same people. Keith, Moore, Keith Oberman just came unglued over the guns. I haven't seen this other thing. It has become necessary to dissolve the Supreme Court of the United States. The first step is for the state the court has now forced guns upon to ignore the ruling. Great, your court. Why and how do you think you're going to force the ruling? Also, fuck Alito, Thomas Roberts, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and the paralegal Coney Barrett. Hey, SCOTUS, send the SCOTUS Army here to enforce your laws. That sounds very insurrection And remember, this is the red flag. Red flag laws are ripe for abuse. Americans are right to reject them. Those articles are everywhere because it's true. And in this case, which the Supreme Court upheld, New York was denying the right of people who went through all the procedures and waiting periods and the seven fucking thousand hours of training to get a concealed carry and said you still can't carry the weapon. While felons could carry weapons. And get free bus pass and a cell phone, as they were released, because it's not really a violent crime. Just carrying a weapon, weapon's not a violent crime, they say. And it all ties in to the insurrectionist of this liberal party,
27: displayed by this bump. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you.
18: how can you win with russian interference though that's what i'm thing. scared about no, in 2020 but,
27: but rightly
1: because right. i think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win so how do you you know fight against that in 2020
23: you are absolutely right he's an illegitimate president in my <laughs> mind would
1: you be my vice presidential president candidate, <laughs>
23: <laughs> folks look i absolutely agree trump didn't actually
21: win the election in 2016. he lost the election and he was put into office because of a Russian's interference.
26: Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect,
24: although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election.
26: I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president.
27: The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president
23: is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was.
10: I have an objection.
23: I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are
20: horrified.
26: He's an illegitimate president.
20: Do you believe Trump is illegitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference.
1: There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And And in that sense, it's illegitimate.
2: Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you?
23: Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Stolen emails. Stolen drone.
11: Stolen drone? Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented
1: Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president?
21: Based on what I just said, which I can't... (laughs) We're
1: <laughs> in the Russian attempt to, ha- to have the election, and frankly, the FBI is uh, weighing in on the election, I think make the make, makes his election illegitimate.
26: There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, there's just a lot that I think will be revealed. History will discover. But you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigans stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here.
20: The outcome of the election was affected by their interference, and now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with the uh, with, so with Russia.
27: He knows he's an
26: illegitimate president, so of course he's obsessed with me. and. I believe
22: that it's a guilty conscience. We
25: actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last
1: presidential election. If Al Gore won that election, I think he won it anyway. Actually, <laughs> I think I carried Florida.
26: Bush versus Gore. A court took
23: away a presidency.
9: If all the votes were counted in Florida, that Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be back in
23: office. I come from Florida where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat.
21: There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president.
23: I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes.
21: I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct. Delivery the chair. An attempt the to the chair must remind.
20: Me. It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the people
23: of the United the, States, decided this election.
2: Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. The time it was
1: over.
13: Our candidate had won the popular vote, and the only way they could win
1: the election was to stop the voting in Florida.
11: Katherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the
25: results. Al Gore would be president. The Supreme Court elected the president.
20: Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency.
24: But the Supreme
20: Court
6: tampered that's a large charge. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they'd let
1: the count go on, Al Gore would have got the necessary vote.
23: The Supreme Court selected George W. Bush as the president. He was not elected.
26: There is overwhelming evidence that George W. Bush did not win this election. What
13: I observed uh, as a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being
21: counted. Don't think that George W. Bush won the election. Uh, in 2000 I guess Al Gore because I I think he probably lost Florida and also that nationwide.
9: If you invite me back on this show in about eight weeks, I think you're going to learn that Al Gore actually did get all the
13: votes there. The
5: court has been thwarting formation of the popular will, the most spectacular example being Bush versus Gore, where the majority by a 5-4 vote enjoined the counting of more than 100,000 ballots in Florida and essentially gave America its first court-appointed president.
14: (laughs) and stole it i think in 2000 everybody thought well he did win the election El gore
23: after the election when you stole the election you came back here and say get over it no we're not going to get over it you know it i know it they know it we won that election constantly shifting
22: vote tallies in ohio and malfunctioning electronic machines which may not have paper receipts, have led to additional loss of confidence by the public. The right
6: to vote has been stolen from qualified
14: voters.
30: In 2004, the democratic process was thwarted. The 2004 presidential election in Ohio was riddled with unnecessary problems. Some
20: machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not
5: at all.
25: Based upon an inordinate number of allegations suggesting gross voting rights violations and misconduct, I joined with my colleagues and objected to counting the state of Ohio's electoral votes. As in 2000, the votes of many who wanted to vote were not in fact counted.
9: This last Friday night, I, I arranged to meet Senator Kerry at a fundraiser to give him a copy of my book. He told me he now thinks the election was stolen.
8: The wife of
7: John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard. Right, Republicans own 80% of voting machines in the US. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting.
20: There were numerous irregularities in Ohio, including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines.
0: As we look at our election system,
22: I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections.
21: I agree with tens of millions of Americans who are very worried that when they cast the ballot on an electronic voting machine, that there is no paper trail
25: to record that vote. The numerous irregularities that occurred with the electronic voting machines in Ohio on November the 2nd of last year point to an unresolved national crisis. We cannot declare
20: that the election of November 2nd, 2004 was free and clear and transparent and real. There must be independent testing of the voting machines used in Ohio.
27: I'm not confident that the election in Ohio was fairly decided. We know that there was
22: substantial voter suppression and the machines were not reliable. The members of Congress who have brought this challenge are speaking up for their aggrieved constituents, many of whom may have been disenfranchised in this process.
18: Treating today's electoral vote count in Congress as a meaningless ritual would be an insult to our democracy unless we registered our own protest against the obviously flawed voting process that took place in so many of our states.
29: Voters who wish to cast a vote for president or vice
19: president can't approach the polls with certainty that their vote will be counted. One of the most significant problems in Ohio and in many other states
9: was the lack of measures to ensure the integrity of electronic voting machines. In 2004, They caused
12: Democratic voters
9: in Ohio to wait for eight hours before they could cast their ballot. They turned the Department of Civil Rights and the Justice Department into the Voter Suppression Division with voter ID laws, voter purging,
11: voter caging, voter intimidation. There aren't going to be any more election stealings.
8: And despite the final tally and the inauguration and the situation we find ourselves in, I do have one very affirmative statement to make. Without voter suppression,
31: Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Andrew Gillum is the governor of Florida.
26: You refuse to concede and say that you lost.
8: Do you stand by that decision today? Absolutely. The election was not fair. The process was not fair.
9: If Stacey Abrams doesn't win, there's never been a bigger or more important story
5: in American history than this. This is the most important story in the history of the Republic. These January 6th hearings are remarkable. They are riveting.
24: The hearings last night, they were searing. They were vivid. It was compelling. It was chilling. The videos were chilling. And it was,
20: I think it's going to be
24: historic.
20: This was a historic, compelling hearing.
9: This is very compelling. Uh, television because it's a very compelling hearing and it's compelling. It's must see TV.
20: I've been texting with a number of sources I was texting people live during the hearing Um, The words that I was hearing from them were stomach turning riveting Compelling one senator told me that he had a lump in his throat as he was watching the video and hearing this testimony Stunning testimony from the house select committee investigating the January 6th
27: assault a stunning round of testimony from the witnesses Of course what the committee was able to offer in terms of new materials that we had never seen before
5: This is so much worse than something like Watergate. This is so much worse than Watergate. This is a watershed moment for
1: our democracy. What happened on January 6th is so much worse than Watergate. Really? It really is, by uh, 100 degrees. Orders
18: of magnitude worse than Watergate. I, yeah.
10: You know you, you know about Watergate, the history books, uh, this blows Watergate out of the water.
9: Watergate is a walk in the park next to the January 6th attack on American democracy and the almost assassination of an American
6: vice president at the hands of a mob incited by the American president. This is the most important
24: and disturbing uh, incident that's ever happened.
19: Speaking of Florida, former Tallahassee mayor and Florida Democratic gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum is facing a 21-count indictment on federal fraud charges tonight. Gillum and an associate are charged with unlawfully soliciting and obtaining funds through false promises. They're accused of diverting a portion of the funds to a company owned by that associate who then funneled money to Gillum. His attorney says Gillum is innocent. Gillum, you'll remember, lost a Republican... That is 10 minutes of liberals
13: saying illegitimate election. 10 fucking minutes. But we have J6. We, we need to search that after we searched Russia, 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 and that was false. Um, this is another one that just cracks me up. This is a Twitter person that got them to remove patriotic shit so liberal, from Harris, Teeter, and Kroger. Koozies. They were offended. There are no reports on this. We've covered it in depth. The 80 voting laws, Facebook running polls. There's no cover. Democrat congressman staffer caught defacing posters in Capitol complex. He defaced them, destroyed them, was arrested, and DOJ did not prosecute. Then you have, here's Colbert talking about that he did nothing wrong.
10: I certainly had an interesting one because some of my staff had a memorable one. Here's what happened. Last week, I HEARD FROM MY OLD COLLEAGUE, TRIUMPH THE INSULT COMIC DOG. <laughs> TRIUMPH uh, OFFERED TO GO DOWN TO DC AND INTERVIEW SOME CONGRESS TO HIGHLIGHT THE JANUARY 6TH HEARINGS. I SAID, SURE, IF YOU CAN GET ANYONE TO AGREE TO TALK TO YOU, BECAUSE, AND PLEASE DON'T TAKE THIS AS AN INSULT, YOU'RE A PUPPET. <laughs> WELL, HE DID. DEMOCRATIC AND REPUBLICAN CONGRESS AGREED TO TALK TO TRIUMPH. HE'S A BIPARTISAN PUPPY. HE'S SO NEUTRAL, HE'S NEUTERED. <laughs> Now, Triumph Triumph and my folks shot for two days in congressional offices across the street from the Capitol building. They went through security clearance, shot all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, invited into the offices of the congresspeople they were interviewing, and that's very important. You have to invite Triumph in. (laughs) He works on Dracula rules. Now, end of day two, Thursday evening, after they'd finished their interviews, they were doing some last-minute puppetry and uh, jokey make-em-ups in a hallway when Triumph and my folks were approached and detained by the Capitol Police, which actually isn't that surprising. The Capitol Police are much more cautious than they were, say, 18 months ago, (laughs) and for a very good reason. If you don't know what that reason is, I know what news network you watch. So. (laughs) THE CAPITOL POLICE WERE JUST DOING THEIR JOB. MY STAFF WAS JUST DOING THEIR JOB. EVERYONE WAS VERY PROFESSIONAL. EVERYONE WAS VERY CALM. MY STAFFERS WERE DETAINED, PROCESSED, AND RELEASED. A VERY UNPLEASANT EXPERIENCE FOR MY STAFF. A LOT OF PAPERWORK FOR THE CAPITOL POLICE, BUT A FAIRLY SIMPLE STORY. UNTIL (laughs) THE NEXT NIGHT WHEN A COUPLE OF THE TV PEOPLE started claiming that my puppet squad had, quote, committed insurrection at the U.S. Capitol building. First of all, what? Second of all, huh? Third of all, they weren't in the Capitol building. Fourth of all, and I am shocked I have to explain the difference, but an insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. THIS WAS FIRST DEGREE PUPPETRY, THIS WAS hijinks WITH INTENT TO GOOF, <laughs> MISAPPROPRIATION OF AN OLD CONAN BIT,
14: <laughs>
10: NOW IT IS PREDICTABLE, IT'S REALLY CONAN'S FAULT, IT'S REALLY CONAN'S FAULT, NOW IT'S PREDICTABLE WHY THESE TV TALKERS ARE TALKING LIKE THIS ON THE TV. They want to talk about something other than the January 6th hearings on the actual seditionist insurrection that led to the deaths of multiple people and the injury of over 140 police officers. But drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our capital to prevent the counting of electoral ballots and a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. AND IT OBSCENELY TRIVIALIZES THE SERVICE AND THE COURAGE THE CAPITOL POLICE SHOWED ON THAT TERRIBLE DAY. BUT WHO KNOWS? MAYBE THERE WAS A VAST CONSPIRACY TO OVERTHROW THE GOVERNMENT OF THE UNITED STATES WITH A RUBBER Rottweiler. (laughs) AFTER ALL, THURSDAY NIGHT, THE NIGHT THAT THEY WERE DETAINED, WAS THE 50TH ANNIVERSARY OF THE WATERGATE BREAK-IN. ARE WE SUPPOSED TO BELIEVE THAT WAS A COINCIDENCE? (laughs) YES. And we all know the long history of puppet lawlessness. The great Muppet caper, the fraggle riots of the 1980s. Who can forget when Kukla, LaFran and Ollie were hauled into the Charlie McCarthy hearings? And how do you think King Friday came to power in the neighborhood of make believe with the backing of the head of his secret police, Henrietta Pussycat? Meow, meow, attach jumper cables to your nipples, meow. But. IN THIS CASE, IN THIS CASE... (laughs) IN THIS CASE, OUR PUPPET WAS JUST A PUPPET DOING PUPPET STUFF. AND SAD TO SAY, SO MUCH HAS CHANGED IN WASHINGTON THAT THE Capitol POLICE DO HAVE TO STAY AT HIGH ALERT AT ALL TIMES BECAUSE OF THE ATTACK ON JANUARY 6TH. AND AS THE HEARINGS PROVE MORE CLEARLY EVERY DAY, THE BLAME FOR THAT ACTUAL INSURRECTION ALL LIES WITH PUTIN'S PUPPET.
13: NOW... (laughs) You're upset because people want to carry guns? You people fucking are fascists. Everything about you's fascist. NPR, Stephen Colbert knew the Republicans would pounce. Oh, it's Republican pouncing. Hmm. I got it. That makes sense. Pouncing! They took uh, January 6th committee stop because they had to go do protests. And ask for insurrection. Then there's this that came out, which is just fucking fantastic. It is
24: just perfect and I'm gonna play it. It is the January 6 hearing breakthrough at all. Is this more proof it does not?
27: I don't think it does. I've talked to two separate Democratic members of Congress in the last couple of weeks about January 6th, obviously can't say who, and and both of them have said offhandedly nobody gives a bleep about January 6th when they're talking about their districts and the way that elections play out. Uh, the reality is obviously it's a very important issue Obviously, like I've been covering this nonstop for the last year. It, it's important. It's a it's a key part of understanding American history and the democratic trajectory that this country is on. It is also true at the same time and not at all contradictory that it's not a top tier voting issue for people who are figuring out who they're going to support during the midterms. Top tier issues are material concerns. How are people paying their mortgages? How much does it cost to get milk and bread? How much does it cost to get gas? Do these hearings result in different electoral outcomes for Democrats? I have yet to see any actual evidence that they do.
13: This is like Russia, Russia, Russia all over again. They know it's nothing burger, but they're gonna keep doing it because the media will play along with it. Defense and judge said January 6th will be, you'll always know where you were when it happened moment, like 9-11 and challenger disaster. Then you have fraud, more fraud, always fraud. Um, Andrew Golem is not the latest we get forgot about. Almost everybody they trolled out during Trump is gone. So you have articles in the Federalists. Yes, Biden's hiding his plan to rig the 22 midterm election. When President Biden ordered all 600 federal agencies. Sorry. Oh, I don't have it up there. Um, agencies to expand citizen opportunities to register, vote, and obtain information about and participate in the electoral process. On March 7, 2021, Republican politician, Constitutional law, and Electoral Integrity Specialists began worrying exactly what was up their sleeve. They had good reasons. The 2020 election had suffered from widespread and coordinated effort by Democrat activists and donors to run get-out-the-vote operations from inside state and local government election office, predominantly in the Democrat-leaning areas of swing states. Independent research have shown the effect of the takeover the government election offices were extremely partisan and favored Democrats. At the time the order was issued, Democrats were also hoping to pass H.R. 1, a constitutional takeover that we covered in depth that literally was illegal as fuck. There are several major problems Biden's secret plan, critics say. It's unethical to tie federal benefits to election activity. It's unconstitutional that the federal government take authority that belongs to the states in which Congress is not granted. And given that all 50 states have different laws and processes governing election administration, it's a re- recipe for chaos, confusion, and fraud. Mobilization voters, Mobilizing voters is also a political act, choosing which groups to target to get out the vote, and they do it every time. Leftist groups know exactly what's going on, what we know. In the, mid- in the midst of the labor crisis, the Department of Labor boasted that it was turning 2,300 American jobs that are previously focused on helping displaced workers into voter outreach. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services likewise announced plan to turn community health centers into Democrat registration operations. The housing and urban development, same. And it it's presumed residents of public housing might disproportionately vote Democrat. The executive order target people receiving government benefits who might think their benefits depend on one party in power. The Department of Education said, dear colleague letters... The U.S. Department of Agriculture Child Nutrition Program for voter registration. The Commerce Department produced a massive 113-page report, which likely took four agency officials many hours to generate, and direct local voting board members about polling station and poll worker training. All, if a Republican administration did, would be unconstitutional. 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 And Jane's Revenge hit more places this week. We did nothing. AP, ahead of decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in the case that could end the nationwide right on abortion providers and some in law enforcement are preparing for an harassment and violence to increase. It's not like the people protesting clinics and banned states just pack up and go home. You see the twist? But just like CNN, CNN was saying they're going to come and uh, a crazy person's going to come. This is the party that supposedly is the most patriotic, the media tells us, and we need to have in charge of our country. The country is a racist, transphobic, homophobic, xenophobic, ableist, classic, Islamophobic, misogynist, dumpster fire. As such, seeing the American flag makes me want to vomit. That is your Democratic Party. That's why Juneteenth is so important. Juneteenth, they have their own flag. Then you get to the gist of everything. Leniency for defendants in Portland clashes could affect capital riot cases. Oh, isn't that interesting? It didn't. AP tried to run it. Record reboot. Rebut claims of unequal treatment for January 6 rioters. And nowhere in this article does it talk about all the charges being dropped. They just say all these people were charged. Well, they weren't held without bear hailings. They weren't held without due process. They weren't held without lawyers. They're not in jail for 100 or 18 months. Nobody was held. They're all released. Then you have this. The same people that say four-year-olds should be able to change their sex, 12-year-olds, I mean, there was something yesterday that I wish I could get my hands on it. I couldn't find. Jake Tapper said women and girls a hundred times. Women and girls won't be able to have abortion. Women and girls, over and over. Because they want 12-year-olds to be able to have fucking abortion without consent. They want 16-year-olds to vote. They want 26-year-olds to be on their parents' insurance. But they don't want 18-year-olds to have cigarettes. And they don't want 18-year-olds to own guns. And now they're going after jewels. The same people that hand out crack pipes, and it was stayed by a federal judge, are banning e-cigarettes. These are states that have legalized morphine heroin crack meth but you can't have an e-cigarette
6: really Really
19: I, I wow.
13: Do main taxpayers fund a church of in school? I mean, based on the Supreme Court ruling, the answer would have to be yes, right? And this is the new thing for another one that they said, because this is what the left does. Sorry, I got to get my food in. Well, let me pause, because it's gross to hear me eat. Shh. I put a real dip in. I grabbed a can. Stomach's not getting better. I've tried some new pills and that fucked me up and Jesus man, I just can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. I can't eat lunch. There's just no way to eat lunch. If I eat a lunch, I'm just miserable. And now I have this new evening thing where I feel fine but the electricity's back. So I don't I just don't know. But anyway, I shouldn't be doing it. But I it's hard enough when you can't eat. And now she's letting me have occasional this when I'm not supposed to be drinking because the calf the uh, bubbles. <clears throat> but the dip has been so hard. I actually dip more now because I can't get any nicotine, which doesn't do me any good. It's... <sighs> July can't get here soon enough is what I'm trying to say. This case, once again, is what liberals do. When they're presidents, when they do, I mean, let's just look at fucking uh, infrastructure. Do you think a lot of red states are going to get infrastructure? No, they're not. It is just like when he did the, uh, Obama did that Recovery Act. The road that I live off of to get to the rural area was already being widened. And they just slapped Recovery Act stickers on it. They didn't pay for it. The money was already paid for. It was already a project that was about done. So they were doing it for schools, but not religious schools because they hate religion. Because if you have religion, you can't buy all their immoral bullshit. And the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. So this was another one of their, oh, well, what about this? LA Times, which I didn't get up here. Yes, the recession looks inevitable, but it may not be that bad. All the water carrying just, oh my God. Atlantic fantasizing about gavin newsom replacing joe biden do you think that would actually happen and then this one which i won't put up because you know we gotta we got enough fucking slides today hold on a second i'm gonna do some housework back in the day when i was a young lad and i was in korea the first korea um, tour very bad time in my life Uh, two week old son 18 month old daughter i read the usa today a lot um it was home it was new and it would have sections about Oregon, because I still thought about Oregon back then. Um, you know, now I think of Tennessee, but at the time, Oregon was really important to me. But um, then the years, it just got to turn into a liberal rag and Gannett it, bought all your locals. The closest town to where I live is Clarksville, Tennessee. They used to have the Leaf Chronicle. Got taken out by a tornado and everything. It got bought out. And so it just cut and pasted liberal shit from the USA Today. So a guy named David Mastro basically surmises what Gannett did. After 25 years associated with Gannett and USA Today, I've got some things to say about how the company is going off the rails. Wokeism is taking over and conservatives are being purged. You can read a bore about it in an op-ed in the New York Times. I'm partially to blame because I didn't speak up publicly until the axe fell on me. I was demoted for tweeting that women are the people who get pregnant. And braying mob of my colleagues demanded I be fired for making the workplace unsafe. I fucking, the guy who just got taken down by a young girl that I gave money and took care of and fucking was so nice to, and a young girl that I pulled off the street and drove to work every day, these fucking young kids are garbage people. But before we get to me, here's what happened. Across the country, before Gannon announced this month that it was shatter- shattering or scaling back all of its daily opinion pages across dozens dozen of states except the USA Today, USA Today editorial page editor Kristen Dell said it was because opinion pages across the company had failed to evolve. Gannett local opinion pages evolved plenty, but in recent years, readers have concluded they just don't like what they're involved into. Over the last decade, Gannett has purged the conservative voice of its local paper. There used to be dozens of feisty conservative opinion pages, often with a staff of one or two. Now there are none. And remember, there was only two or three that ever got into papers. If you really think back to the day when you held the paper, um, I still miss the Sunday paper. My wife used to get all our coupons, which are now digital, so you don't need. And I would read the sports and local, and it was fucking awesome. It was the only paper that was worth it the weekends, because at least it was this big. And now it's, like, thin. There's nothing in it. It's just the USA Today. How do I know? Every day for years, a memo has gone out sharing local opinions that would be in interest nationwide. Conservatives don't appear there much anymore beyond a few freelancers. And regional papers like Indy Star, Inquirer, and The Oklahoman, I used to read that paper too, stored an in influential conservative editorial pages have been replaced with a bland corporate liberalism. Only one is left, the AZ Central. For instance, in New Jersey, three of Gannett Papers endorsed the Republican for governor only a few years ago. But in 2021, none did. The intellectually diverse local editorial boards were replaced with a statewide liberal board that endorsed the Democrat, as usual. What about editorial cartoonists? All the conservatives are gone now. Varvel was the last. What about local staff columnists? Arizona Central's R.J. Robb is the last holdout across 200 daily papers. Think about that. Local editorial page editors who dare... Who do dare to publish something controversial and conservatives can't be sure it will run? Junior staffers or regional design centers can overrule them, spiking copy in the print section. You want to know why Gannett's opinion pages died? They were murdered when corporate wokeism replaced intellectually diverse voices in touch with communities, substituting a standardized liberalism out of place in many towns served by the newspaper giant. So, what about USA Today? There, the story is the same. Newsroom leaders like Del Guzzi and Nicole Carroll are cowed by the young activists of the newsroom. Diversity committee who want to silence any voice who raise doubts about their extreme diversity, equity, and inclusion agenda. At USA Today, They give copies of columns to Newspaper Diversity Committee to review and edit, so much for the wall between news and opinion. Even if a column isn't spiked, it is controversial, she'll pad the impact by running a phalanx of lib columns on the same subject. When the Diversity Committee doesn't get advance notice, its members and supporters root around an unpublished copy looking for things to censor. Chen Williams, who did this to one of my columns, was promoted from Atlanta to Corporate HQ for her trouble. When it comes to DEI agenda at USA Today, no opinion is too extreme for the news pages, and no dissenting voices are allowed. A perfect example is Ali E's take on the poor, misunderstood pedophiles. 1,000 words and no disagreement. So what brought the end of my career to USA Today to flaming in? That's a funny story. Young Wong activists on the staff have been fighting for months to scrub the discriminatory and hateful phrase pregnant women from USA Today. Last August, they finally succeeded in replacing it with pregnant people and breaking news alert after the CDC used the same language. I subtweeted them, saying the people who get pregnant are also called women. Sus Miller, USA Today news editor, rebuked me by sending a link to USA Today's news story that detailed the lives of trans men who have babies. Once again, they're not men. I compounded my sin against diversity by replying that I did not share the opinion of those in the newsroom that men can become pregnant. For this, I was demoted from deputy editorial page editor and initially threatened with a 30000 a year pay cut. While I was deciding what to do with my suddenly bleak future, Kristen Dell was assigned to root through my journalism history to find more sins so she could write a three-strikes memo threatening to fire me if I strayed from DEI Path. USA leaders had to hold multiple meetings with the Diversity Committee and the LGBTQ Employment Resource Committee to get them to accept my demotion instead of the firing they demanded. Feeling ran so high that Diversity Committee members began swearing at Nicole Carroll, for which they later apologized, swearing at the boss is okay, but for dissenting with pregnant people is not. Today, I moved on, but for Gannett, it's a dark day. The future depends on getting 10 million subscribers or Corporate North Star, but with woke staffers gaining tighter grip on newsrooms, Gannett is going to have a tough time connecting with readers. A journalism institution that doesn't share the same values and priorities as its red and purple state readers isn't long for this world. If you own the stock, you might ask CEO Mike Reed, what he plans to do about it, or if he's even engaged enough to know what's going on. That, my friends, is what fascism is. Fascism is forcing things on people all based on your theories. Your theories, your lived experience, your ethos. And in the case of trans, LGBT, EI, EI, EIO, we've never had fascists like this. I mean, if you think back to your younger days, being called racist used to sting, but that's as far as it used to go you're a racist because you didn't agree with an opinion. With the trans activism that has taken over everything, including the fucking dictionary, they go after your whole livelihood. Which brings us to our woke section and trans abuse.
14: Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like- get a
23: walk. Hey, Blue! Look at all these families!
2: Hi, families! It's time for a pride parade! Families marching one by one, hurrah! Hurrah! Families marching one by one, hurrah! Hurrah! This family has two mummies. They love each other so proudly. And they all go marching in the big
7: parade. Robin, good morning. Divorce, kids, custody, then remarriage. Oh, boy. Add in that one ex has just figured out that he's gay. And factor in that all of them are Mormon. It could be really rough. But as this one family from Boise, Idaho told me, nope, you just love people no matter what meet penny her mom jessica her stepdad matt and her biological dad steve after penny was born steve who was raised mormon finally came to terms with his identity
11: i didn't want to be gay and it took me a long time to admit to myself and to her that yes i'm gay
0: so about two years
8: into our marriage is when he finally came out to me and started embracing that side of himself did that ever feel like betrayal to you it
0: felt like Steve exploring and figuring out who he was. And I made a very clear point in my head to not let it become a thing of betrayal. I, I knew it wasn't about me.
7: He and Jessica divorced, and then Steve had to figure out being a gay man and a parent. Then Jessica remarried Matt, who wasn't initially sure about having his new wife's ex around so much. And Steve and his boyfriend now celebrate events with the family.
15: At the beginning, it was hard to adjust to figuring out, okay, this this man is going to be part of these types of functions. Um, so I better figure out how to get used to this. Now it's like, Where's Steve? When's Steve coming? Like, why is he so late? Can we start now?
7: And they all try to communicate as a group when it comes to Penny, and about Penny. And I know your dad was really worried about you when he was making this decision. And
8: are you okay with everything right now? Yeah, it just seems normal.
7: The family has a podcast called Husband-in-Law, where they talk about their unique situation. Jessica and her new husband, Matt, remain active in the Mormon Church, and Jessica says it's a part of their service to others to show family situations that aren't typical and shine a light on the fact that it can all work out with lots of communication, acceptance, and Robin, an abundance of love.
26: L-O-V-E love.
30: Becky, thank you Mm. so much.
26: Passing if Roe v. Wade fails, what can voters do to help preserve our freedom of choice
27: so we saw where we thought Dobbs was going to be headed and this was prior to the draft opinion coming out publicly so we looked at all the tools that I have as governor and determined that okay a couple unique things I can do number one I have the constitutional ability to bring a lawsuit to protect constitutional rights of people of Michigan so I brought a lawsuit on behalf of all the menstruating people in Michigan, 2.2 million um, to, and and another tool I have is to go straight to our state Supreme Court.
6: Hi, I'm Officer Luss with the Columbus Division of Police. I'm your LGBTQIA plus liaison
5: officer. And we're unveiling right now,
6: our Pride Cruiser for the month of
13: June.
5: I'm excited about this cruiser
2: great for representation.
8: Hi TikTok! My principal just approved me to get some pronoun pins for my classroom. What I was going to do is get about 100 pins, which is more than I have students at that school, and um, make them available to my students. Obviously not required, but if anybody wants one, they can come down. I
3: don't even have to be like one of my students. Like I'm kind of hoping that kids are gonna come into my room and take one who don't even know me. So that would be cool. What I'm here to ask is how many should I have of each? I'm gonna get a hundred total. I'm planning to get something like she, her, he, him, they, them, she, they, he, they. i forgetting something. Ask about my pronouns, all pronouns what what else should I get drop in the comments how many do you think I should get of each like I don't know I don't know what statistically is going to be the most useful for my classroom
0: but let me know thanks can we please stop saying pregnant women so I'm a third year medical student and all throughout medical school I've had a ton of lectures associate pregnancy only with women and people who use she her pronouns
3: And I'm just here to keep it short and sweet to say, not all pregnant patients identify as women or with she, her pronouns,
32: thank you. Right now, um, athletes can compete based on their gender identity with no hormone therapy, no anything. You just say what you identify as and you can compete in that category. I was the one losing these state championships. I was the one placing second and third to these two biological males. And if I didn't speak up about it, then no one else would. Hi, my name is Chelsea Mitchell. I'm 19 years old and I was a former track and field athlete at Canton High School in Connecticut, and I'm now running collegiately. I'm a short sprinter slash long jumper, so I do the 55, 100, 200 long jump. Track has blessed me with a lot of opportunities when I started competing in high school, I kind of realized that I was really good at it and it's opened a lot of doors for me. No one lived through what me and Alana and Selena went through in high school. It was very demoralizing. Connecticut is
16: one of many states that in the name of inclusiveness, allow biological males to compete in women's sports leagues. Two
6: transgender high school runners, well, they're kicking up dust in Connecticut, taking the top spots at the state girls' championship.
3: Yearwood is a sophomore at Cromwell High School, born a boy, She's
32: now
2: transitioning and runs track and field on the girls' team.
32: I raced against biological males all four years of high school. Kind of started out on, you know, losing a medal or losing the opportunity to advance to the next level of competition, but by my junior year, I was losing state championships. I lost four state championships. So my junior year um, I was on the Title IX complaint with Alana and Selena. I was anonymous to start because I was really nervous about becoming public with it. In Connecticut there was a lot of intimidation by the media and public officials to kind of Quiet down about this issue. When ADF brought to me that I could join this lawsuit, I decided to become public with it. We are fighting to reverse the CIAC policy um, and make it so that biological males cannot compete in the women's category. Biological males have an enormous advantage over biological females. I mean, they're stronger, faster. Um, there's so many reasons why um, their times and their performances are, you know, significantly um, outbest the best females. We are appealing because we believe that the law is pretty clear and that Title IX protects females in sports. We lived it, we lived this. This possible reinterpretation of Title IX is going to ruin opportunities for girls.
13: Yeah, some of the music fell off that bumper, so I put one that's more apropos, I think. Lightyear box office behind Pixar, they're getting drug. Just drug. Because once again, you go woke, you go broke. What? No, thank you. Fuck off. Let me just read the story, Dick. West Point Cadets schooled on whiteness, queer theory under new revealed CRT regime. Yes, Millie. We may not have the best fucking soldiers in the world, but they'll be fucking woke. They got to fucking bring back neck and face, neck and hand tattoos, no high school diploma because they can't get anybody to go in because nobody wants to go be woke. If they want to go woke, they'll go to college, not the military. Chris Evans, which I covered last time, doubled down more of the same. How I was trapped by gender ideology. A 16-year-old talking about, yeah, it was bad. Megan Rapaho defended biological males competing in female sports. Your kids' high school volleyball team just isn't that important. I bet it would be important if you had to uh, compete against men. Because you do. You play like 14-year-olds and they kick your fucking ass. Yeah, that leaked out. Men teams. They got their asses kicked by junior high. No shit. Tom Hanks is now totally woke. He is cursing at people for bumping into his wife. But he's also now down with the new edict that you can't be gay. Or you can't play gay roles unless you're gay. Yeah. Seen in New Jersey. Another teacher. If your parents aren't accepting of your identity... I'm your mom now. That is in a school. CNBC. I can't win in this market. Why LGBTQ homebuyers say mortgage rates are hitting them especially hard. You know, this is so fucking weird to me. Because two years ago was blacks are disproportionately by COVID. Blacks are disproportionately for everything. Now it's gay. They have jumped to a smaller demo, and I don't understand why. It's 5%. 0.7 if you're trans. I don't know why, why, what. Ron Klain showing that he's not woke. And for the first time in history, the signatures of two women will appear on our currency. Well, I thought women don't. Yeah. Tesla gets rid of his LGBTQ plus and diversity lead for being a jackass. That's nice to see. Trans doctor. Uh, rugby League has made a ruling that banned transgender athletes from competing at international events just days after their ban from swimming. In 2017, Dr. Lisa Watson, a specialist in transgender health issues, spoke with 60 Minutes. where Hannah female opponents not available to give their opinions on this ruling? Perhaps the picture can tell you how they feel about Hannah and other trans women it is another one of those dudes that are just huge playing girl sports. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's that's really cool. Trans mountain biker Kate Weatherly slams horrifying new rules on trans athletes. They just went out and found any trans person they could find. That's why I played the girl that had to deal with the two dudes with their dicks flapping. Mm -hmm. Univision now normalizes incest. And I'm playing the file.
32: Mientras tanto, otra historia que se ha vuelto viral y es una pareja de novias muy conocidas en TikTok que recibe una noticia que les hace de temblar los sentimientos. Carly y Mercedes se acaban de enterar dos años después de un noviazgo que podrían ser hermanas luego de que sus madres les dijeran que salieron con el mismo hombre. Y para salir de esa duda, están pidiendo a los seguidores que las apoyen y ahora se harán una prueba de ADN.
19: What the fuck?
13: Biden administration has proposed an overhaul of the campus sexual assault rules, acting to expand protections for LGBTQ students, bolster the rights of victims, and widen college responsibility. They're actually going to take over Title IX also. But the Army is being forced by the same woke Democrats to fix the PT test again because women can't hack the new fucking rules what the fucking fuck folks all right we're gonna close this section do a quick racist section and then this is america you you can't tell me even if i was gay or if i was trans why did they keep carting this dude out gender
5: affirming care is life saving medically necessary age appropriate and a critical tool for health care providers as a pediatrician when it comes to making sure kids are healthy and happy i know how important care that affirmed someone's true identity can be everything
8: is racist
7: According to me, everything is racist. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. According to me, everything is racist.
3: Um, this is the
7: second year now that it is commemorated as a federal holiday. How significant is that date? It is the fact that, that the country is now celebrating it as a federal holiday, especially for you as an educator?
23: Um, It is very significant. Um, What makes it so significant is that it reminds us of how far we've come and how much further we need to go. Um, Having that consistent reminder is, is the kind of spur that this nation needs, particularly as you see states trying to erase the teaching of real American history.
7: What role has critical race theory played in this journey to teaching Americans its racial history and its racist past and on that road to to a more racially just society?
23: Um, I think critical race theory uh, was a powerful and is a powerful analytical tool used in, in legal theory. Um, but what you're seeing is the, the language of critical race theory being used to cover um, the teaching of American history, the teaching of slavery, the teaching of Jim Crow, the teaching of lynching, um, the teaching of the civil rights movement. Um, it, it, it is designed to create a narrative of a nation that was born fully whole and fully perfect. Um, And so you don't see the struggles, you don't see the inequities, you don't see the injustices. What I'm seeing is a consistent pattern in the U.S. where we have these moments of incredible movement forward and then we get this powerful backlash, um, particularly in terms of violence and in terms of public policy. Uh, We saw it after, after the Civil War where you have reconstruction, but then you have this incredible violence raining down on the black community there, uh, keeping them fr- trying to keep them from the ballot box, trying to keep them from, from owning land, trying to keep them from engaging in their full American citizenship. Um, we see this kind of backlash happening after the Great Migration, after the Civil Rights Movement, after the Brown decision, and after Obama. So what we're seeing right now,
6: the level of rage that I and people that I know had when we saw this testimony is beyond anything I've probably experienced since George Floyd. That's my grandmother. That is literally the kind of work that my grandmother used to do in Newark, New Jersey, registering people to vote, taking seniors in buses to go here and there, getting young people registered to vote. The level of violence that the Republican organization engages in against black people on a regular basis should make everything that happens in this trial pale in comparison. This is what they do. This is what they do. This is why Randy Bowman and Rafisman, this is why I don't care about them getting threatening calls, because you know what happens to them? They go back to their offices and they get security. You you know what happens to to people on the Supreme Court when they get threatened? They get security paid for by the Senate, but not regular black people who are just doing their jobs. Not people who have lost their name, the ability to go to the grocery store, the ability to just live their regular lives, for having the audacity to stand against the white nationalist coup that masquerades as the Republican Party. What angers me so much, honestly, Nicole, about that testimony is that I know that those women are going to get additional threats because they were brave enough to get on television and talk about what happened and i also know that the party that is putting these hearings together is going to do little or nothing to keep those people safe when we face this again this fall this was the most infuriating part of these hearings that i've ever seen every single one of these people should be in jail and if they're not it is an absolute abdication of responsibility by this committee by Merrick garland
13: that last dude just a racist motherfucker. But we, once again, are not applying things. The uh, first woman person of color is science advisor, and she's not black. She's uh, American Indian or some shit, so they you know, once again. We don't really care what people do, how good they are, if they're qualified. It's just like a butt leg all over again, you know? As long as you fucking fit the right uh, identity politics, mm. you're good. Some ash and trash. Well no, I'll say this for the end, because I think this is really interesting because mainstream media won't cover it. Here's our first This is America. Uh this is gas. Listen to these jackasses.
14: This is
18: America. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says,
16: This is America
18: 2021. Yeah, this is America. in
27: my area. I got the What do you say to lawmakers who are already calling this federal gas tax holiday a gimmick and saying, best case scenario, it'll save drivers about 20 bucks a month?
30: Well, it, there's no doubt this is a modest, uh, if it were just the federal gas tax, right? 18 cents is you know, is a modest, uh, you know, a modest amount. Uh, we're
0: talking about, uh, you know, 18 cents uh, per gallon, which is going to go a long way. If you look at uh, the average of states, that's 30 cents. Just looking at those two things, that's almost 50 cents. Uh, that's gonna go a long way for three months.
3: Um, Secretary Granholm, you and the president have framed uh, this war in Ukraine as the primary driver of the spikes in energy costs. That's put- the largest contributor to overall inflation, but uh, the Fed chairman was on the Hill today, testified, he was asked a question, is the war the primary driver of inflation? And his answer was no. How do you swear that? Is he wrong?
30: I, I didn't hear what he said on that, but I think most people acknowledge that the price of fuel is a big driver of inflation. And in fact, they've put large percentages on it. And so we know that the the war in Ukraine having driven up the price of fuel because it it crimps supply. It's a total supply and demand question. We've got to make up for the million barrels per day that have lost. We will have a demand problem when China opens up after COVID. There will be additional upward pressure on supply. This is why we need, not just in the US, but we need globally more supply brought on board. And, uh, so uh, his,
3: his full quote was, no, inflation was high before, certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out.
30: Well, I think um, most would say that the price of fuel has exacerbated inflation. And the real truth is that uh, as long as our nation rela- re- remains overly reliant on oil and fossil fuels, we'll feel the, these price shocks again this is not going to be the last time. The next time there's a war, the next time there's a pandemic or another hurricane, these extreme weather events we are experiencing, they will impact the access that we have to fossil fuels. The only way out of these boom and bust cycles is to break that sole reliance and that means diversifying our fuel sources by deploying clean energy.
1: Today I'm calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next 90 days through the busy summer season, busy travel season. Here's what that means. Every time you go to the gas station to fill your tank, the federal government charges an 18 cents tax per gallon of gas that you purchase and a 24 cent tax per gallon of diesel you purchase. It's a tax that's been around for 90 years. It's important because we use it for the Highway Trust Fund to keep our highways going. but. What I'm proposing is suspending the federal gas tax without affecting the highway trust fund. And here's how we do that. With the tax revenues up this year and our deficit down over 1.6 trillion dollars this year alone, we'll still be able to fix our highways and bring down prices of gas. We can do both at the same time. By suspending the 18 cent gas tax, federal gas tax for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief. I call on the companies to pass this along every penny of this 18 cents reduction to the consumers. This is there's no time now for profiteering. There are a number of other proposals by Democrats in the House and the Senate. And I hope my call for action can help move those proposals forward as well. But we can also cut gas prices even more in another way. That's why the second action I'm taking is calling on states to either suspend the state gas tax as well or find other ways to deliver some relief. State gas taxes average 30 cents per gallon. Already, some states have acted in Connecticut and New York. The governors have temporarily suspended their gas tax as well. In Illinois and Colorado, governors delayed theirs to give families a bit more breathing room as well in Minnesota. Governor Waltz proposes using state budget surpluses to give households a rebate that will help them pay for gas at the pump or other essential needs. I'm calling on more states and local governments to take actions like these. Thanks to our historic economic recovery, which fortified state budgets that had been.
13: I wonder they know how insulting it is that all they have is fucking talking points. That's, All they have. It has been apparent ever since Trump. That's 65% of COVID hospitalization not being for COVID. These are all the posts that are coming out that once again, they lied to win an election. It's so much shit that there's music videos. and, And here's one of them.
31: Lock down all towns, everybody slow down, give them everything you have Mask up, backs up, get your body trashed up, better do what they ask It's alright, okay, sorry but you can't pray, gotta keep the church doors closed No superstitions, a saint politician will tell you what you need to know Citizen fools and brand new rules make everyone a hero now So keep your distance, no resistance Only do what you're allowed Cash that check, go dance in the wreck But just don't speak your mind Get your facts from the paid contracts Cause never will they tell a lie They don't know me They don't own me
14: Oh Look what we've become Oh God, help us all And fix what we have done
31: See no evil, bow to the needle Didn't we turn out great? Sick is the new health, poor is the new wealth Truth is whatever they say Expert lectures, media protectors Tell me who to love and hate Jail in the network, hail to the Zuckberg, head down, just behave. Liberty, freedom, angels, demons, someone's in control. Well, no way, no how, I wouldn't say it too loud, don't you know they're on patrol? Need more likes, post up, let's fight, there's no way that you're wrong. Gotta listen to the science, cause it's all about compliance. You agree or you're gone, but they don't know me. They don't own me.
14: Oh, God, help us all. Look what we've become. Oh, God, help us all. And fix what we have
31: done. Still, my inf- Packed and don't know, show me what I need to buy Sex consumption, no corruption, just as advertised You've been labeled and I've been able, better apologize Propaganda, racist slander, time to organize Shot bang, who's next? Brain dead useless, show it on the TV screen Tell me who to vote for, gotta start a new war Wouldn't wanna live in peace Divide and Conquer weak, not stronger. Everybody know your place. Do it now, won't hurt. Dig into your own dirt, virtue found its grave. They don't know me, and they don't own me.
14: Oh, God, help us all. Look what we. what we have done
31: Inside balance, in for silence Mainstream message, won't you guide us? You know what is best for our own good Anti this and anti that Cancel this and cancel that Take it to the streets and the neighborhoods Worship actors, food and drugs, brand yourself, give them your blood Don't believe your eyes, don't look around Fake news, rumors, okay boomer, ignorance will stain our future Will you make it through or burn it down?
14: Oh God, oh God, help us all Oh God, help us all God, oh God, help Oh God, help us Oh God, oh God, Oh God. Years
13: from now when they asked, why do you not trust the federal government? We will all go back to COVID. CNN, lowest Uh, The smallest weekday audience among key 25 to 54 demo in in 32 years. Brian Seltzer had 50,000 people watching. And while they're pushing all abortion and guns are bad, has anybody noticed anything strange going on with the weather? I wonder what could be going on because it's been hot and it's summer. An article I missed, which I meant to insert in with the we're going to recruit anybody that walks in the door. Marine Corps, Army have disproportionate amount of military substance abuse and mental mental health issues. Maybe Millie should work on that. Which brings us to our last This Is America You know, they don't like us having guns, and I know this is a long bumper, but this week alone, because of guns and abortion, they have compared the GOP to Mussolini, Hitler, everything bad on the planet. And I put it together for you.
25: Continue to rise in their party. Yeah, Benito Mussolini would be proud. And uh, just one question about this. Isn't making terroristic threats a federal crime? I mean, why is this not? I mean, literally, no. you know, I'm, I'm like a free speech, pretty much absolutist. But this is, uh, this is threatening. He is threatening his pr- primary opponents or anyone who, who, any Republican who dares disagree him with, you know, with, with assault, with a SWAT team assault uh, uh, that would kill them i mean what you know this is absolutely impermissible uh and there sh- there has to be some yeah. some way this can be sanctioned this is not this is not right this is not acceptable in political this, this is not a legitimate political discourse as the as well, republican party might call it uh anything well, but th- this is a terrorist th- th- this threat.
9: time and time again republicans don't call it out Uh, we're seeing it here with the Greitens ad. I would hope Republicans would call this out, but they just don't. So again, I just want to underline again, we're talking about the rise of American fascism. You can look at January 6th. You can look at ads like this. You can look at the continued use of violence and imagery. It is-
16: democracy or- It's
9: a growing wing inside the Republican party, and it really, again, we can debate abortion, we can debate guns, we can debate and we interest rates, we can debate uh, Gas prices. Quant- quantitative easing, we can debate a thousand different issues. But for a growing wing of the Republican Party, it's it's
5: just straight out uh, pro-democracy. And, but it was, to your point, very clear who Donald Trump was from day one. All of us in the Republican Party knew who he was. So many people didn't want him to get the nomination, certainly didn't think he would get elected. But when they did, just kind of willingly walked along with it. Look, I think the violence here is really, really the sort of crux of all of it. My friend Alex Vindman always says that there's so many people that are still silent because the intimidation actually works. And we've seen this before in democratic societies, political intimidation leading to political violence, God forbid, leading to political assassinations. You know where we've seen it? We've seen it in the Weimar Republic in Germany before the rise of Hitler. It's not hyperbole to draw those comparisons because we saw very similar behavior happening that was founded on guess what? on a big lie, on a big political lie that led to that type of violence. I worry especially about the Republicans retaking the House and the Senate in the fall and potentially the return of Donald Trump because he is going to be on a vindictiveness tour, on a revenge tour against his political opponents. We have seen it before in history. We need to be guarded against it now.
16: Up next for us, the Michigan Secretary of
8: State who faced...
16: A new campaign ad released by former Missouri governor and current GOP U.S. Senate candidate Eric Greitens is drawing heavy criticism from across the political spectrum. It's a video that shows Greitens and a group of armed men in tactical gear bursting into a house with Greitens saying, quote, the rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country. Of course, rhino is an acronym meaning Republican in name only Uh, the video has been removed by Facebook for violating its violence policies It's been flagged by Twitter for abusive behavior and joining us now to discuss this is former Republican congressman from Illinois Joe Walsh The big question is will this even hurt him or will this help him?
19: This will help him Uh, Brianna like it helped that Republican candidate up in Michigan who was arrested by the FBI for participating in January 6th look um... America needs to wrap her arms around the fact that the base, the voting base of one of our two major political parties, Brianna, is fully radicalized. We talk about that and and we get outraged about it. I don't think people know what that means. That means most Republican voters no longer believe in truth. They've given up on democracy. They want a strong man to rule and... They want their political opponents destroyed or killed. This ain't fringe anymore in the Republican
16: Party. Remember 10 years ago? It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Todd Aiken is disqualified, <laughs> essentially politically disqualified, for his comments about rape and abortion. And that just seems like an entire. I mean, it is an entirely different era now.
19: A lifetime ago, Brianna, I was in Congress 10 years ago. I said some pretty crazy things every now and then. I'd be boring right now. Uh, Todd Aiken was ostracized from the party. Uh, When Republicans back then said or did things beyond the pale, they were shunned. Now they're embraced. And the reason, Brianna, is because this is where their voting base is. Again, it's radicalized. One of our two major political parties I I guarantee you, in in Missouri's primary, Gritens will be rewarded for this.
16: Does this put political folks, does this put public officials at at risk?
19: Heck yes. I I mean, think about it. He's telling us that he wants to kill human beings. He wants to kill his political opponents. Uh, Again, this should outrage all of us. But Brianna, it's at the point now, we've got to stop being outraged by what my former political party. And, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I, I mean,
9: Elise, um, we're in the conversion business here. And when I say we, I'm not talking about just you and me, I'm talking about people who give a damn about this, this country, who give a damn about the Constitution. We have to be, gotta win elections, but we're gonna win elections By moving people uh, back to the sane, rational, pro-Constitution, I would say, small c, concern. Six hearings uh, began because we know the truth. The truth can set us free. We know now what happened on January 6th and leading up to January 6th. And it just may give us a chance. to to stitch together a working majority that still believes in the Constitution of the United States?
3: Well, Joe, the Baptist in me thinks that the conversion parallel is spot on because, you know, in the church I grew up in, you could behave pretty badly, but if you walked down that aisle and you took Christ in your heart, then all was forgiven and you were part of the gang and you could, you know, join, the House of the Lord then. And so I thought that the Arizona Secretary of State or the Arizona House Speaker Bowers, that his testimony was so moving, not just in a political sense, but in a Christian sense. And,
9: you know, Mika, when 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 I served in Congress, uh, Steve Larson was a friend of mine. Steve was called a human highlight, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a human highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people asked why he was a friend of mine, he said, because Joe's a human mission field every day. I'm doing mission work, trying to save this guy. Yeah.
18: <laughs> always, <laughs> oh, always, always, always. Great- I think what you've seen uh, is uh, is Governor DeSantis has very craftily and stealthily in some in some sense positioned himself as a better version of Donald Trump uh people say without the baggage i think he's just as dangerous if not more so i just look at what he's doing in florida but at the end of the day that doesn't that's going to matter less for a lot of those voters to your point who have swung off of trump are now looking for some place to go desantis offers that that port for them to land in and the reality for for trump is how does he now uh come back what's his narrative going to be within the party to hold his his prima facie place as as the top dog, and New Hampshire shows that there's a pathway. We've heard it in the, in the hearings, Joe, um, uh, just from um, Secretary, Secretary Rappersberger about the fact that Trump in in the in the 20 election, you had voters who voted down ballot, skipped president. Those are the voters you're talking about who are not coming back. That 38,000, 40,000 vote gap for those who say I'll vote for everybody else on, you know, every other Republican except Trump um, is the problem that Trump presents for the party going into 24. The well, right now yeah. seems to be a gateway to something. Uh, that gives them a competitive edge over the Democrats at the presidential level.
6: And Joe, when I mentioned baggage, what I meant by that is what we hear from Republicans all the time. It's the backward looking from Donald Trump. So in other words, if he runs in 2024 and all he's talking about is the 2020 election was stolen from him, that makes a lot of Republicans roll their eyes and say, please, we've got president biden on the ropes he, his numbers are low the wrong track number is high inflation we've got all these things going forth let's not talk about 2020 and i think a lot of republicans that you talk to and i do too believe desantis could at least be forward looking and not look back at an election he claims was stolen
9: well i mean you look you look at his speeches even the one this past week they are yeah. all backward looking and they're all the greatest hits from 2016 and not performed well with all due respect to the king of rock and roll this is fat elvis in 77 huffing and puffing There's and sweating and it. bloated and yeah. like barely being able to get this you know the 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 scarves out from around his neck throwing them into the crowd this is not a pretty sight and so i don't think republicans i just don't think republicans want this but again there are because, as I've always said, Mika, as you know, um, as goes nashua so goes France.
26: The Republican Party has become the party of uh, insurrection, revolt, and violence. Yeah, and they they don't make any bones about it mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, this guy uh, should be. Uh, you didn't even see the ad, which I saw no. on CNN. Yeah. It's quite violent, and they're they're acting like it's funny. It's not funny. You know, the the Democrats have the dinos, let's put it. The Democrats in name only, in a way. You could say mansion and cinema in that category. You don't see us threatening their lives. The Democrats are not the the party of violence. They have become the party of violence. Mm -hmm. Look, I don't want to say it again, because I'm starting to sound like a broken record. You cannot vote for Republicans in the next election. You will lose the country. I'm... I'm warning everybody. I'm afraid it's true. I I have to say, I mean, if you look at the stats, most extremist violence in the U.S. does come from the political right, right? So over the past decade, the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has counted about 450 U.S. murders committed by political extremists. Of those 450 killings, right-wing extremists committed about 75 percent. And another study that was released by the Institute for Research and Education on Human Rights found that more than one in five Republican state legislators in the United States were affiliated with far-right groups so that works out when you look at it uh, to about 22 percent of all Republican state legislators um, belong to far-right Facebook groups and then if you look at it on a you know macro level even more it's over 60 percent so he's not fringe um, and I think to your point mm-hmm. it has become this extremist violent party and I think you know when you have something like January 6th and there aren't enough consequences to that violent Violence is the they, people see that violence is the way forward, and um, unfortunately, I, I I think
11: that Republicans have brought extreme. And I think it, it's worth pausing to recognize, you know, the pervasiveness of right wing violence that we have seen in this country. And you know, it, it, January sixth was not just the hundreds of people trying to get into the Capitol. It was the harassment in Arizona, in North Carolina. Earlier, it was the attempt to kidnap the governor of Michigan. Before that, it was the mass shootings in Pittsburgh, in El Paso, and lately in Buffalo. I mean, there is a lot of right-wing terrorism in this country, and it is all connected. So we're going to
13: close on what the media didn't show, unless you were on Fox. Here are the people that worked for 50 years to get abortion somewhat regulated in our country. And it was really hard to find positive videos of people happy about it, because all they wanted to focus on is that women's right to choose is being ganked. But I found a couple. I was gonna put it under lighter fare, but it's not a funny story. It's truly sad that it took 50 years and 65 million babies dying before we realized the left is some sick motherfuckers
4: standing here in front of the Supreme Court of the United States in a moment of great gratitude and resolve. This court has just overturned the wrongly decided Roe v. Wade decision. Let those words sink in. Roe versus Wade is overturned. After 50 years of lobbying, building centers of hope to serve pregnant women, on our knees praying, off our knees marching, and ensuring the powerful pro-life voice could be heard in our elections, we have arrived at this day, a culminating day of so much, and the first day of a bright pro-life future for our nation. We were faced with doing something very simple, but very difficult, to use the tools of democracy gifted by our founders to a right and egregious wrong at the very heart of our law and our culture. The good people of our nation spoke with a powerful voice in elections, electing presidents and senators to nominate and confirm judges with fealty to the Constitution and belief and balance of powers. And now we begin. We begin the beautiful work that is the fruit of God's grace and our labors. Every legislature in the land in every single state and the Congress is now free to allow the will of the people to make its way into the law through our elected officials. It is our job to be as ambitious for life in every single one of those legislative bodies, and our governor's mansions, and the White House. This is a movement of justice and of mercy. We will seek justice and mercy in the law for our children and justice and mercy for women. Walking and planning with her in order to serve and love both mother and child. So here we are, poised to save millions of lives, so many intended for this world with purpose and gifts we desperately need to continue to allow the light of truth and justice to heal and guide our nation. It's an entirely new pro-life movement, and it begins today with great gratitude for all who began this work 50 years ago I thank you on behalf of the nation and all of its children. Everyone who was in the ring, stay. Build new muscle for the beautiful work ahead in this fresh beginning. And for new leaders needed and intended for this moment, I invite you in now. We need everyone off the sidelines, working in unison, and our best days are ahead.
13: Yesterday, Instagram banned Susan B. Anthony because they have too much power now. They're permanently banned and cannot post that video. Once again, the fascists they were talking about, yeah, that's them. And that's what we learned this week. The left doesn't believe you have the right to carry a weapon. They believe you can kill a baby after it comes out of the room. And when they don't get their way, they burn shit. We also found the J6, they know it doesn't mean shit and nobody fucking cares, but they're still playing the charade unless abortion comes down and then they leave the hearing and go out and call for insurrection. At least AOC, Maxine, and Nancy Pelosi did in the King's English. Folks, we're in interesting times. Our country is going down the drain Gas is a million fucking degrees. They don't give a fuck. They just want green energy. And they will blame everybody for it. And every time they don't get their way, they lash out at conservatives all over our media landscape. And then when violence comes, they start lying about white supremacists that don't exist. At least... Not like Jane's Revenge and Anifah, who showed up yesterday, do. It's a steaming pile of shit, and we're all in the middle of it. So this November, we need to go out and vote and ensure these fascist motherfuckers don't get any more power. Because all they've shown for two years of power is they don't give a fuck about you. They just care about control. And when they lose that control, they're very, very dangerous. So this wraps up another episode of Flower to Politics Podcast. Please go to fuckpodcast.com, share with family and friends, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yeah. It's not going to the race today. It was 108 degrees. Yeah, it wasn't going to be fun, even though my guy was going to be in the hauler and I was going to be able to get his autograph. I'm going to sit my ass on my couch at 2.30 and watch the mayor of Throttleville kick ass at Nashville Speedway. 108, just nah. No shade. Mm, not doing it. Waste to 80 bucks, but oh well. Maybe sometime. It will get a cold front. And I'll go watch that shit, but they are even scared about it. It was 125 in the cars yesterday for practice. So yeah, it's it's not good. Until Wednesday, my friends, thanks so much for listening. Y'all take care and stay cool out there. And once again, positive vibe my way. I'd like to be able to make it through one day where I don't want to vomit. It'd be really fucking cool. You take care. Thanks for listening you mm-hmm.